Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. We are back. We're back for another episode. Yes, we are here. What episode is this? I don't know, but we just be talking. We do talk a lot. <laughs> and I yeah. love it. I love it. We get confused on the episode every week. We but do. Because we talk about D&I all the time. This so, is true. This is true. Know. But we're back. We are back. For another episode. Um, we are with some wonderful guests. Super excited to have y'all on. We usually have some little, you know, music, pizzazz. Yeah. J- Jamil usually. Burr, 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 burr. I so, mean, Kai yeah, used to be a radio today, host. You, know. you want to jingle us in? No. That's not the hat I'm representing. Not the hat I'm representing today. Listen, so we're going to dive right in. Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to get into our hot topic. Um, but before we do, why don't we just let y'all introduce yourselves so the mm-hmm. people can know who you are? Okay. You want to start, Sonia? We always do ladies first, so yes. first. Yes. Let's, 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 oh, let's oh, make oh, flip it. Let's flip it. Somehow I knew she was going to do that. We're all about equity here. Somehow. There we go. So what's going on, everybody? My name is Melchizedek Griffiths. I also go by Kai. I am the CEO of Team Real Talk, which is a diversity, equity, and inclusion e-learning platform that helps businesses and education systems scale up DEI. Uh, I also am the CEO of a fragrance business called Parallel Fragrances. I got to shout that out. Okay. Uh, you already okay. know. I got to shout that out. I got to shout that out. Um, also got... Two master's degrees. Listen, MBA. okay. Yes. Yes. I gotta throw it out, man. People gonna kill me if I don't gen. throw it out. Listen. First no, gen, okay. Three degrees. Um, got my MBA and my MPH from the University at Buffalo. So Buffalo, hey, we here. Shout out, shout out right. UB. Horns yeah. up, okay. horns up, horns up. Hey. Lastly, Queens get the money. Right. So we all have from Queens. So Queens stand up. You heard. Love well, it. I'm from Mount Vernon, money earning. We, we, we oh, get the money, okay. so I don't know okay. about that. Okay. That's why I got the green on today, too. <laughs> right. I like yeah, money we, green. We're like intentional match. Yeah, there you go. But yes, I am Sonia Tereke. I'm the COO of Team Real Talk Incorporated. And I'm also the program manager at E for All, or E para Todos, which is Entrepreneurship for All nonprofit here in Buffalo. Okay. And I'm excited to get into our talk today. Yes. Absolutely. So, of course, okay. I love it. Dive, dive right in. All right. All right. You want me? Okay. You want so, me? Look. I know. We are a little <laughs> off. Um, so, Earn Your Leisure, which is another podcast that we mm-hmm. listen to often. Um, and for me, it really just gives me insight about just how to manage money, number mm-hmm. one, but then also, too, like how to manage it in a respectful way to yourself okay um mm-hmm. if that makes sense um but also to earn your leisure just gives you just trips and uh, tips about how to manage money mm-hmm. and you know where you should invest your money in so earn your leisure a couple weeks ago came out with just a little blurb real quick about it says 10 most affordable cities to buy a home mm. um so it had detroit cleveland toledo top three not gonna go through the whole list. You might as well. Look. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. 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 Yes. okay. so we have Detroit, Cleveland, Toledo, Memphis, Baltimore, Rochester, okay. Milwaukee, Montgomery. Number nine was Buffalo, New York. Right. And number 10 was Kansas City, Kansas. So, again, these are the top most affordable cities to buy a home. What do yeah. you think about that? So, it's interesting because when we when we looked on this, um, it was an Instagram post that came out. And so, of course, the girls chat. We were like, look, Buffalo made this list. A lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the comments. Mm. And we always talk about not reading the comments. But in this case, of course, we read the, we're the, comments. Go to the comments. 
who would want to live in these places? Yes. That's why it's all the <laughs> right, right, homes right. on there. <laughs> um, you know, no wonder it's these cities, X, Y, Z. But I think for us, we always talk about opportunity, right? And, uh-huh. and when it comes to looking for investment homes, you know, to purchase, this is the time to really be having those conversations. Uh-huh. Now, interest rates right. obviously have gone up and a lot of people are kind of yeah. slowing Scared. their roll. But when you want to look for a house, you're looking hopefully at an affordable mm-hmm. house if it's your first home and, you know, your first investment home. So what, what is your take on that? What's your take on that? I'll dive in because I just bought a home. Oh, first of all, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, thank Come you. And I, it's funny, people say the interest rates are crazy, but back in the 80s, mm, it was were double higher. digits. This is yep. True. Yep. So true. I had a, I had a, you know, old... G, school me and say, excuse me, I used to pay 18%. Okay. Okay. Wow. I know you got six, but it's not that bad. Okay. So I got about a 5.3 interest uh, rate. Okay. I went through HSBC Bank. And it's it's interesting because I I was getting advice not to buy the home mm. for that exact same reason. Mm. Why would you want to be in Buffalo, Sonia? Why don't you go be in New York City and pay three thousand dollars to get a little cardboard box? Right, <laughs> right. Because we lit on the weekends. Right, right. And I I said no, I'm good. So yeah. like you said, investment property. I got okay. a multifamily, and so okay. that's gonna at least give me some cushion. Absolutely. And so you know we're trying to build generational wealth. Yes, I love it. I'm I trying to convince that. Kai. What's, what what you say? I'm trying to be there. I'm trying, but you know. I just graduated, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get that together. Listen, it's steps Listen, to it. You know, it's right. steps to exactly. it. You know, I just got, you know, I just got a cat, so I got responsibilities. <laughs> I got responsibilities. So I got responsibilities. Nah, but uh, no, I can understand what they were talking about with that list because even I heard, I'm like, Detroit, okay. I know, well, I'm a little bit more, you know, grateful that I look into these cities a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. So, like, I know, like, Detroit got some wavy stuff mm-hmm. over there. Like, um, you know, first of all, Big Sean and, um, you got some basketball players that's from there as well. Okay. Um, they, so they always talk about Detroit. So I'm like, okay, I know they got it. And they got a good airport. I love their airport. Random facts. Random facts. got a nice airport. So does Chicago. So does Chicago. So I feel like people are saying that because of what the internet is. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's really tainting their minds and some of these things because you got like, and maybe in Buffalo too, like obviously we had uh, the tragedy in May mm-hmm. with, with Top. So mm-hmm. people... Throwing their two cents in, like, yeah. and probably looking up Buffalo, and then when you look at the city, it's probably like, oh, you see kind of how the infrastructure looks, and mm-hmm. it's not that developed in some places. But they don't really know, like, like especially where we are right now, yeah. like, they don't know how the you know place is developing. So I feel like people got to do their research more mm-hmm. and and stay a little, like, mm-hmm. go into the city, like, mm-hmm. enjoy your you know in time, like, ask around, like, you know, um, Trevor Noah said it the best just recently. He was like, man, if you want to know what's going on in the U.S., ask a black woman. Yes, so I say, I say also, baby, you want to know what's going on in these cities? Ask a black woman or just a black person in general because they're going to know what's the ins yeah, and outs. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, those, you know, cities don't surprise me. We got two, Rochester and Buffalo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me because those cities, they on the up and up. Yeah. So. And I think also, too, when you're looking at, you know, places to live, one thing that I've been reading about recently is obviously looking at global warming and things mm. like that. People are mm. moving to places where they climate have fresh change. water, yeah. climate yep. change. Yep. You know, yep. Yep. Even though we complain about our winters, we still get all four seasons, right? So yep. a lot of these places I'm looking at has fresh water right. surrounding now, the Kendra, you, so don't, you know we don't get nothing but two seasons. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> Hold on. Listen, I put that out there. I think like I'm that. the only one here born and raised in Buffalo. I am standing Uh-oh. proud for my city. Okay. So anyway, talking proud, right? Um, but yeah, no, people are moving towards, you know, fresh water. So yeah. I think also too, like environmental changes play a huge role in this conversation. Too. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I mean, when you think about investment to your point, mm-hmm. 
I have a lot of friends who have come to Buffalo for school and, you know, they leave mm-hmm. Buffalo maybe after, not too long after graduation or longer. Um, the conversation is always like, okay, what is there to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a component of affordability, but the social aspect is something mm-hmm. that we all really talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in terms of how we need to come together. So there's aspects to it, but I think... If you're thinking about it from an investment standpoint, mm-hmm. and honestly, Buffalo's a wonderful city mm-hmm. in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that are happening right now that are exciting. The tech scene, yep. you know, yep. what y'all have going on. And yep. so when you think about coming out and trying something, mm-hmm. cost really does matter, Absolutely right? Like, and does. that affordability really makes sense when you're coming out of school and trying to, you know, get on your feet in that way. So right. a yeah. lot of what we do is, is working with employee retention. And yeah. I know if y'all have heard yeah. about the multifamily movement with Julian Gordon, mm-hmm. he started out in Brooklyn. So his whole thing is if you want to retain an employee, help them get a mortgage. That's a lot of, yeah. And that 30 years will give them some solace where they can actually hunker down and, yeah. and build yeah. a family and yeah. stay. Yeah. So that's another thing that's popped up in our real talk sessions. Yeah. 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 I love it. A lot so. of anchor institutions doing that too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like having, Employee assisted home buyer programs yep. and things like that. So I think that's a really good point right. to, to shout out. Yep. Yeah, tuition yep. reimbursement. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on with um, the pension the status gone. of uh, <laughs> forgiveness. Loan forgiveness. So yeah, I got an email today. Did you get the they email? Said they, okay. made a they said the subject was an error. Yes, I got the same email <laughs> as well. We'll contact it? you post litigation. Yeah. Oh wow. Yes. Oh, my They're goodness. getting sued wow. through the roof right yeah. now. Oh yeah. my goodness. Just yeah. trying to help. But it pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, it did. It yeah. did. So we gotta watch that too. Which but is why um, we need to build this well. So if it doesn't go through, right, I can still pay that back. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of everything that you guys do in real talk, we definitely yeah. just want to dive in and talk yeah. about real talk and you know why you all got it started. But tell the people first, what is real talk? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I had the wonderful esteem pleasure of sitting through one of your sessions a few mm-hmm. months ago. But tell everybody, what is real talk? What is real talk, CEO Griffiths? Again, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I just be ready. Um, nah, I think, so real talk is exactly what it says. Like, mm-hmm. it's real talk. Like, our slogan is we like to keep it real. So that's what we do. We keep it real one talk at a time. So how we do that is at first we started out, um, this was birthed actually through our um, program, our MBA program. Sonia and I were different years, but mm-hmm. we was in the same program at the same time. So, you know, in 2020, with everything going on with George, George Floyd and mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor, like, um, we was like, listen, um, it was three of us at the time, and we was like, listen, we got to, like, we got to do something other than just come in circles like this and just have conversations, yeah. right? So we was like, okay, um, instead of having the same conversations with the same people, let's do it with outside the box, people that don't usually have these conversations. So we did that with our um, MBA class, and it was very fruitful. Okay. Like, we ended up doing a whole framework without even knowing. Like, we over here bringing facts, and then we, we surveying, <laughs> we listening, and then we giving more facts at the end, and then we um, asking people how to go. So we like, okay, that went really well. And then when we came back to school, because it was, it was during the pandemic, so we was all remote. I talked to people that I never talked from across the room, like homie from across the room that just looked at me and gave me the head nod. I'm like, he's giving me like a, a pound, a dap after. So I'm like, okay, okay. So he was the main one talking, you know, uh, coming to our aid, and I didn't even know it was it was like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so then fast forward, well, we created a software to facilitate just that, and you know, we realized too that you know the future of the work that we do is uh, not only collecting data, but also mm-hmm. getting to like the real meat of what are we going to do to fix some of these issues mm-hmm. that we have yeah. within our organization. Like, and we kind of want to know, like, step by step, like, you know, how are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, created a platform to actually facilitate that. Okay. And it's been amazing. Like, uh, as Kendra said, we did it um, with uh, her and her organization, and that was great. 
um, and then we continuing to do it with more education systems and um, some corporate systems as well. Um, of course, there's pushback, but this work wouldn't be the same without pushback. So yeah. we welcome the pushback, you know? Yeah. So yeah. what is the, and I mean, when you think about pushback, <laughs> mm-hmm. is it people just having fear of opening Pandora's box, so to speak, right? Like we, we are all, are all practitioners in this space. Mm-hmm. We know that sometimes fear kind of bubbles up to the top, right? right? Like yeah. once you start having these conversations, it opens opportunities for people to have feelings and, yeah. you know, so what are you seeing in terms of what that pushback looks like? Honestly, pushback is kind of like we're safe with doing what we've been doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. one. So a okay. lot of people have um, just been, you know, kind of doing the bare minimum, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. Um, just check Yeah, the checkbox. So they're yeah. going to, mm-hmm. you know, put some Compliance. minorities or rather some diverse people on the outside demographically on their website. Um, they're going to throw some of that on their website and they may, you know, come to a celebration of, mm-hmm. you know, black excellence or something like that. And then they're going to just hey, we did this, but where's the real, you know, the real change? Mm-hmm. What is the employee mm-hmm. saying? Like, mm-hmm. we talked about retention a little bit. Like, are they leaving? It's people like us who's graduating because yeah. people like us who's graduating in, you know, 20s or even if you're in your 30s, like, people are leaving to go to more mm-hmm. diverse mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. Not knowing Buffalo is very diverse in mm-hmm. certain places, mm-hmm. but they leaving to go find out other other places. And we're just like, man, why? Yeah. Now, I wouldn't have been here if I wasn't in the, you know, startup scene and, and got to witness some of these things. So, Companies got to do better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not only marketing at those at the schools, but they just got to do better. Like they got to be involved. Like where you at? Like right now. Like it's not just for the time when mm-hmm. things was popping. Mm-hmm. It's like continually, like on yeah. a quarterly basis, a monthly basis, where you're donate, where you're donating to. Are you helping businesses like ours? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of of that going on. And mm-hmm. I would say also too. So when we did it a few months ago in our organization, right. The way that I propose it back to everyone is this is not just DEI training, right? right? right. And so I started to change my rhetoric to say it's DEI education, right? Like it's that. DEI conversations, which I think also sometimes eases those yeah. like those times together. But one thing about your platform that I really loved is that, first of all, we're all virtual for the most, well, mm-hmm. at that time, we were all virtual for the most part. But it was a way for us to come together on a united platform to have these conversations in breakout rooms to say, this is something that we're already focusing on already, but how mm-hmm. can we enhance those conversations? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a targeted conversation where, like, you're at fault for this. It's, okay, collectively, even mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. as an underrepresented group, um, part of the underrepresented groups, how can we even be a part of the conversation mm-hmm. where we're just not put on the outskirts to say, oh, yeah, you guys will lead DEI, but how can we collectively mm-hmm. get at it? Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, when I went back and I surveyed everyone, just, you know, just casual conversation, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, my God, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was going to be targeted conversations, and you're, you know, telling me I'm, I'm doing all this or whatever, but it really was just a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, again, we know what the goal is, but now how do we go back quarter after quarter, week after mm-hmm. week, make sure we have KPIs in place so right. that we're getting at it yep. together. You and know? that part is huge because we like to say we bring the E back into DEI. Mm. Okay. Because a lot mm-hmm. of folks will start to drop yeah. the E, and the E is the action piece. I noticed yeah. that recently. Yeah. Really? I noticed that recently. Someone That's actually came flag. to me recently and said, why are companies dropping the E? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. let's talk about it. <laughs> and when we say E for folks that might be new, 
to the yes, podcast. Yes. We're talking about equity, right? Equity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what what is that? What do you think? Uh, why are folks dropping that E and, and what reasons? Because the equity requires you to actually do something now okay. that you have mm-hmm. it. So we like to say when we bring the E back into DEI, it bridges action and awareness. Okay. A lot of times people like to stop at the awareness because mm-hmm. you can survey and have all this data and say, all right, we can report. Mm-hmm. We've already, we, we know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do? Right. So what is the call to action? So mm-hmm. within our six-step process, the fifth is where we get into the real-world scenarios. Okay. And so that's when we give something that the audience may not know actually happened. But by the end, when we debrief the session, we'll say, no, this was actually a real case mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, we'll say, okay, what are some recommendations that you have for your organization that you would like to see implemented? Mm-hmm. Now, within that, there's going to be that 10% of people who have just been so jaded and so disappointed, they're not going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Then there's the 10% at the top who will give you just because they're just excited about anything that comes in. They're yeah. just ready to throw. And then there's that 80% that you really have to build yeah, trust with and convince mm-hmm. because they want to see change, mm-hmm. but they've just been so disappointed by constantly giving their feedback and no action is, is put into place. Mm-hmm. So that's why we like to say we bring the E back in because that's the whole point of our Diego, yeah. which is, a, we like acronyms at Real Talk. <laughs> Sonia <laughs> makes all of them. Like, I don't know <laughs> nothing. All the credit is for her. <laughs> and that stands for DEI gap analysis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. the recommendation report that we provide that's really grassroots level because mm-hmm. sometimes execs will yeah. think everything is peachy keen mm-hmm. and the employees will say, actually, no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's right. not. It's really not. So what are you doing then, right? Because I think, as practitioners, and we've right. all experienced this in different ways, right? Where you are asked to come in, maybe do education, training. You, maybe you do some, well, magic is <laughs> a part of that, right? Wow. Like, you know, a lot of analysis and giving people this feedback. But the reality is some organizations, their culture is not built to really take this this recommendations mm-hmm. that you've come up with and put it in action. Or they're scared to even get feedback. I can't tell you how many organizations yeah. I've, you know, heard this about and have worked with who have said look we don't even survey our our people anymore that's right because when you get that type of information you do have to do something with it and we don't want to make our our folks mad so what do you think from that standpoint as it relates to how do you get people there Mm-hmm. It's that accountability piece where okay. it, it's it's just unfortunate because people will say, okay, now that I have information, and if I don't do something, then that guilt is going to eat at me. Mm. So you know that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just what do we do? And a lot of it is it's going to cost me money. That'll yeah. be the common excuse you'll hear. Like your recommendation is going to be too expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe employees say we want affinity groups. Okay. That doesn't cost a dime. But then you'll get employers who will say, but then I'm really seg- I'm creating silos, and then I'm going to mm, have yeah. only the black employees yeah. here, and only the Hispanic employees, and only the we do that anyway. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Or just off the book right. so you're yeah. actually creating a program and you're standardizing it and you're saying hey it's okay yeah. okay yeah. but at the end of the day you're saying like it costs money right mm-hmm. but you know you look down the line it's going to cost you even more money in companies you because lose. you're losing people mm-hmm. you don't have that retri- uh, mm-hmm. retention mm-hmm. right and so you're constantly trying to get people into the door and so it costs more to get a new employee than it is mm-hmm. to retain one right exactly. so right. a lot of times when you have those conversations and we talked about this before mm-hmm. you have to get down to the ROI right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. unfortunately you're mm-hmm. talking about people human capital but you mm-hmm. also have to link it with actual dollars and cents yeah. mm-hmm. and once that happens it's like a light goes off light right goes it's off. like mm-hmm. Oh, okay, now I know why I need to do this. Because at the end of the day, you are going to lose money, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. if you don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. But back to your saying about the E part, too, Mm -hmm. about, you know, bringing the E back into DEI. What I'm also seeing now, though, too, is there are some organizations, um, mostly non-for-profits, who are now putting equity as their foundation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just a pillar like diversity, equity, inclusion. It is their foundation. So everything that they do is rooted in equity. Mm-hmm. So then they can have mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion. So it's another way of flipping it too. But again, mm-hmm. you're not leaving that E out of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So no matter what you do, you got to have the equity. 
Yeah. Yeah. You have to have the equity. And I wanted to add, too, on the um, part about, like, those organizations who was really, like, resistant to that change. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's important for every organization to have some sort of, like, catalyst for change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, this work is going to, like, compel you. Like, mm-hmm. to come do it. You know what I mean? Even if you are the practitioners doing it like us, or you're the person in the organization that seen, that witnessed something happen, right. right, to your friend, colleague, you know, whoever it is in the organization, and realize, hey, something wasn't right mm-hmm. that, when that when that just happened. They were disrespected, and I don't, I'm not really sure how or mm-hmm. what to do, mm-hmm. but I know something needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, and y'all could probably attest to it, like how we you know, get into some of those spaces like that is probably from somebody from the outside that's coming in, you know, under the table. They might see us at a networking event. They're like, man, we need something yep. to happen. Yep. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, like, and it kind of reminds me, um, and about that change, Agent, I feel like once you once one person is like that, you don't got to be Batman or Superman. I always mm-hmm. like to say this. You don't got to be Batman, Superman. You could be, for those DC people out there, you could be Jim Gordon. Like, he's the head of police. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's the commissioner. You could be that. Or you could just be, you know what I mean, somebody, like, asking for Jim Gordon that he called Batman. It's kind of like it's all, everybody mm-hmm. has a part to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I even look at it, too, like, even with the um, the Deion Sanders situation mm-hmm. um, with, with the HBCUs. Yeah, yeah. I think that was important. And I think people were missing kind of the point um, with him doing that and why people are kind of upset, like why he left now to go mm-hmm. to another, mm-hmm. you know, uh, top five school, uh, PWI, is because when when you were called to be that agent of change, you can't run away. Like, I could speak to myself. I did not, you know, expect myself to be here, you know, speaking about this work and mm-hmm. doing this doing this hard work. But, you know, when it's called to you, like, when you got to do it, when you see yourself in a position at the table, you got to do it. And mm-hmm. sometimes, depending on what you, you know, your goals and what your aspirations is, mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to make those sacrifices. So I think a lot of people were just upset that he left so early because that's a, you didn't make that sacrifice that we needed. Imagine leaders in the past, the MLKs, you know what I mean, didn't make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Where will we be? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's us right now. We're all making sacrifices, right? Mm-hmm. Because the work can be taxing, mm-hmm. um, and it could be tiring, and sometimes you want to give up, but um, it's, the, it's the hard work, and it's the work that's going to be remembered. Yeah, so. he's only twenty five. Only twenty five. <laughs> right? Put that look. Put that right there. So, so I got yeah. So quick question that I have too, right? So you guys talk about what real talk is a six part uh, piece to all of the education that you do mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. organizations. So can you walk us through those six steps and what that looks like for people who are interested in yes. working with you all, so mm-hmm. they know what they're going to get once they once they contract with Absolutely. you all. Absolutely. So in the beginning, we were a four step process because we just created it. Okay. And then we became a five step process. <laughs> and then somebody asked us, "Is this research based?" And we were like, "No, it is not." <laughs> so then when we did the research, cognitive change and behavioral change mm-hmm. is what we're trying mm-hmm. to get to mm-hmm. has to take place in a six step process, and that's the Bob's model. Have y'all heard of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those who haven't, it's bridging. Then you focus on learning outcomes. Mm-hmm. You do a pre-assessment. You do participatory learning, post-assessment, and then you do a summary. Mm-hmm. So our six-step free where we do the six R's because you know we got to keep it real, <laughs> on brand <laughs> always. And so our steps are review where we review the material. It's usually a video, no mm-hmm. more than two to three minutes because mm-hmm. attention spans are short. And then we go into a rate, which is that pre-assessment phase. And basically, we're asking them questions of like, what is your familiarity? Let's say we were mm-hmm. talking about allyship with our mm-hmm. session mm-hmm. with Kendra. What is your familiarity? Your comfortability? your knowledge on this topic do you want to learn more mm-hmm. how do you feel talking about this with your peers at your organization yeah. 
Then after we go from the pre-assessment, we go into the read phase. We give them fact-check materials, show them all the sources so they're not saying we created this information. You can go and check exactly yeah. where we got yeah. it from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we go into the step four, which is the real-world scenario. And then that's the meat of it mm-hmm. where we really get into, okay, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. like that show, John Quinones. Yeah. And it's so yeah, interesting. Yeah. He's like, I would always stand up for somebody. Right. Then they end up being a bystander. Right, yeah. right, right. And that's what we do. We do. Right. So, And then after that, we go into um, the room phase where we actually put them in breakout rooms, and these are participatory activities. Okay. Okay. And then after that, we get into the relevant step, which is where we say, okay, this is why this is relevant and important. Mm-hmm. And this is what actually happened in mm-hmm. that scenario. Mm-hmm. And then we wrap it up in the final step, which is where we kind of give the did you know segment. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where, did you know this was an actual situation? It happened in 2009 with this company. Mm-hmm. Check it out on Harvard mm-hmm. Business mm-hmm. Review. Mm-hmm. And this is, this could be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before right. it is you, let's be proactive instead of reactive. Right. So that's mm-hmm. our six-step mm-hmm. framework. I love okay. it. I yeah. think I think... You hit on a key point when you said behavior change. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is, it, that's a difficult piece, right? right. Like mm-hmm. when you think about learning, you can get all this awareness. We get this information, okay, all these different sources and resources. But that when it comes to what you do in these moments, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're working on some some materials now. But there's a lot of bumping that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And those that's when the relationship dynamic changes because mm-hmm. – I had this interaction happen with a supervisor or, you know, a colleague. And in that moment, I tensed up. I felt all these different emotions. Mm -hmm. But what behaviors are happening in some of these interactions with one another? So I think it's really important to highlight behavior change because behaviors are difficult to change. Um, And you need to practice that. It needs to become, what do they say, like 21 days to make things a habit, Habit. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important, right, highlighting that behavior piece of it. And Mm -hmm. we found that they started to fall into three buckets. Mm -hmm. It'd be teacher. Learner or bystander. Mm-hmm. Okay. There always okay. be that person that say, "I'm not gonna say nothing. I ain't okay. trying to get nobody. I'm trying to get fired." Okay. Then you have the learner who's just like, oh, "Okay, like teach me, educate me." Right. And then there's the person who's constantly doing the teaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that can be tiring. Okay. So that's nice to have a third party come in and say, "Oh, thank goodness, I'm not right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. my coworkers yeah. on this because I don't get paid extra to do this." Right. Right. Yeah. right. But yeah. you can always change, right? Like, um, there's a book, Inclusive Leadership, by Jennifer Brown, mm. um, who talks about this continuum, right? Mm. And so how you can always go to this, uh, go through this continuum as long as you're aware of where you are, right? Because right. some people don't know that they're aware, that they're not aware of, okay, I'm in the bystander lane, yeah. I'm in the teacher yeah. lane, right? Mm-hmm. If you have that awareness, that can also start to evoke that small change as well. Sure. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but that's a great book. As I love that book. I use it every day. <laughs> I do right. Day. And I'm guilty of being a bystander too. in the past too. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever heard of intercultural mm-hmm. development inventory? IDI? Oh, yep, yep, yep. The yeah, the first yeah. time I took that, I was polarizing. Yes. Yep, yeah. it's us, it's them. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no point in yep. fixing yep. it. So mm-hmm. the fact that I could come from that to now doing this work, it mm-hmm. shows that mm-hmm. it's, progress is possible. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Listen, this has been amazing. <laughs> um, we always have to leave. Yes. Folks. We we already said y'all got to do a gym in the day, right? Yeah. Gym yeah. in the day, gym in the I week. Don't look at yeah. Kai tensing up. Oh, like, what's my time? What is my time in the week? Oh, it's ready now? So yeah, listen, yeah. I'm going to default to ladies first on that Uh-oh. one. See, because see it how you switch been, it? Right. got to switch it first. <laughs> oh, last. my gosh. Because he just came back from Vegas. So here's his slogan. Oh, you know oh. what it was. I'm going to talk Vegas. about that. <laughs> I think a lot of people see this work as scary. Mm. 
And the fun part is we make it fun. Okay. When we have these real talk sessions, people come in tensed up, and by the end, we're having a good time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the takeaway, at least from our experiences, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be mm. taboo. And I really am excited to see where millennials and Gen Z take this mm-hmm. because that generational clash that we see, it's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you have the new up and what, Man, in our all These the time, conversations that, are mm-hmm. happening yes. in many mm-hmm. boardrooms mm-hmm. and many areas. People are really mm-hmm. generational difficult, differences. Yeah. Difficult conversations. Conversations on generations right now. And it now. gets mm-hmm. younger and younger. We're having yeah, a conversation sure. with fifth graders next month. Okay. Oh, wow. sure. okay. <laughs> I thought sure. ninth grade was early, and now it's yeah. starting to get yeah. further. This is supposed to be sure. your gem, but now I got some questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be your gem, uh, but you talk, uh, So from a younger generation standpoint, because I think that's really important, mm-hmm. and we always think about how the younger generations are the mm-hmm. ones that continue to push you further and further. What are you seeing from, like, Gen Z? Gen Alpha is the next one, I think, right? right. Yeah. What, they 2001, 2002? Mm-hmm. Oh, I that, no, I know. think that's still Gen Z. It is? Gen Z They're is, yeah. like, 04 or 05, somewhere around there. Yeah. Is oh. it? Somebody I don't fact know. check us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost track know. after millennials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's funny because we get credibility questions because of the fact that okay. we're millennials. Yeah, sure. okay. Of course. Okay. So okay. we have to combat that for a minute. Mm-hmm. But with the Gen Zs, it's sort of like, no, 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 we're going to have this conversation, but we're going to have a fun time about it. Not, okay. I'm going to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And with millennials, unfortunately, what I've seen in our experience is that sometimes millennials feel like, well, we kind of have to go with the machine. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? So let's say I'm in a corporate setting, right? Okay. And I know because I'm overhearing somebody is saying some shady stuff behind mm-hmm. closed doors. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh yeah, that's just VP. This yeah. person has gotcha. been here 30 years. Yeah, gotcha. Their father owns the firm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is no point. And so sometimes with the millennials, there's that disheartened feeling of what's the point? Because you got raised yeah. with your your parents and your aunties and uncles saying, listen. This is this is the real world. Welcome, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to adulting. Raised yeah. by boomers, exactly. Raised by you boomers. still yeah. have that yeah. narrative yeah. in the mm-hmm. back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Versus Gen Zers are like, oh no, absolutely. Not. I they saw some protesters back. on Niagara Street, fourteen, mm-hmm. twelve, okay. Okay. and they're just like, no, absolutely not, because yeah. they have access to information that we didn't have previously. It's that information the age, yep. mm-hmm. they could go back and say, no, mom, I googled that. That's yep. a, that's incorrect. And that's not, yeah. and that's what the companies are not. Y'all not hearing that. Listen, <laughs> listen. The workforce is starting to get younger and younger. I know. Sure. We aging like we in a um you know uh, a age of, of people living longer, but at the same time, like thirty three percent of the workforce is under forty right yeah. now, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, they don't care. They will leave. They will leave. They will leave, they yeah. will yep. leave yeah. because they already know. We already know we getting underpaid. Like we know that. <laughs> right? Listen, indeed, so there's, no, that's the first there's classes on negotiations, <laughs> so I'm gonna let y'all know. That's I might have gotten trouble for saying that for the students, but listen, take that because we know. We, we already know that. Mm-hmm. So why would we stay? Especially that like we know, like, you know, salaries go up every year. So we could leave, go to the next place and get 15 more. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, especially I don't think there's any more 401k or anything. Well, there might there's be, 401K, but there's no pensions. pensions. Oh, there's yeah. no pensions. Very rare. Yeah. So that's rare. So it's like, okay, what is the incentive for to us to loyal. stay if we being treated um, you know, unfairly. Yeah. And this goes back to the part, the beginning part of the conversation, right? It's right. going to cost you more money exactly. if you don't do this work now. Exactly. So how are you going to invest in your people? And it's really about investing in people. Sure. Right. right? That's what it comes down to. Shifting culture too, yeah. right? Like I think that's a big that's a big piece about it, right? The investment in people has to happen. If you don't do that, then people are leaving regardless. But the question is because this is the feat I, I hear it. I hear it all the time where yeah. you have these older folks in rooms who are saying, look we were just happy to have a job. And this exactly. is, we know that dynamic has changed on, and man. shifted. But what I'm hearing is this younger generation is expecting to be CEO tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, I got to mm-hmm. shut, you know, I'm a millennial. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even in this, I think about, 
folks who have come to me and said, oh, you know, I really want to mm -hmm. get some experience, X, Y, Z. And the next thing you know, they're looking to apply to the top role. They're That's looking the to get into that. So what does that bridge look Apprentice like? Apprentice to CEO. Right, exactly. Well, mm -hmm. Exactly. Let, let, me, let me say get this Get a first. little bit experience and, like, what does that look like? Because people don't feel like... I mean, Kai, your first job out of college is CEO. So I think you should... <laughs> <have to laughs> <go. laughs> That's a good look. Let's right. talk look. about it. Well, that's the key, man. Own your own stuff. Do your own thing. Yeah. But, but still, like, even the first job coming out, I remember telling, you know, my supervisor at my first job, mm -hmm. which was, like, two years ago. I didn't have my first job until, like, two years ago because I was in school for this whole time. But um, he was telling me, like, listen, because I was telling him, you know, like, I got my, you know, I got my MBA, I got my MPH. I want to at least 55, like, at least mm -hmm. 60. Like, 65 right. is really where I really want to be because I understand I got to start low <laughs> coming mm -hmm. up. But he's like, what what experience do you have? Yeah, yeah. He's like, what have you ever managed a team? Mm -hmm. He's like, have you ever, you know, ran an intervention for the community? Like, do you know anything about like this and part of health? And then I'm like, uh, no, not really. But <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. an MBA though. Right. Like that right. got counted right. something. Yeah. Right. Even if you have an internship, it's like you have to so I think young people definitely gotta slow their roll. However, what I mean by in terms of, you know, not being treated right is like if I have, if I come to you and I tell you these are my aspirations mm -hmm, in terms mm -hmm, of professionally, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. don't shoot me down right. in, in saying like, well, you got to do this because I told you so. Right, or right. this is how you start here. You'll be here for 10 years and then move over here. If I say, hey, I want to take on another project, you know what I mean? Like I, I've mm -hmm. been proven to, I've been ready over the last right, couple months. Right. Let me have a little bit more responsibility. Mm -hmm. put, put me to the, um, bring me to the meeting. Let me shadow. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's showing that you care. Some development. Right. Exactly. Development yeah. people. Exactly. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because this, I'm... I keep saying this because this conversation mm -hmm. is, is boiling up. But, right. okay, so if young fo uh, young folks are coming in, I, I got a development plan. Now what I'm hearing from this older generation, too, is it's not just give me a development plan and a stretch assignment. Mm -hmm. It's y'all expect me, like, I want to do this, but I also want to be compensated right away mm -hmm. to give extra because this is extra. This is not mm -hmm. on my day-to-day -day duty. So these are some of the bumps that are happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we really have a no, conversation. That would be a great, conversation. You know, a great conversation. I mean, the way that I was raised, right, yeah. of course, millennial generation as well, but the way I was raised is that if you're doing these stretch assignments, if you're putting in more yeah. more work now, then you will get compensated. You will. You will. You will. Get compensated, mm -hmm. right? But also, too, it's like you are making those intangible connections to something that you may not right. necessarily get. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like on-the-job training. And so those are things that you, sometimes you have to look at it. We talk about negotiations, right? It's okay. like, okay, what else can you bring to the table? You can say, you know, after a year I did this, this, and that as mm -hmm. well, right? Instead of saying, okay, I did this, now give me the money. Right. Because guess mm -hmm. what? Now you're going to get the pressure right. of the increased salary and hold, mm -hmm. and you're going to be held uh, more accountable That's than you true. did before, That's right? True. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of balance in that. That would be a great... We got to do... We got to yeah. run this That's back. That's a whole other episode. episode. <laughs> 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 about generations. Right, generations. Because I think a lot of people are struggling with that. Yeah. And what do you do? They have aspirations. They have ambitions. Yeah. It's like, okay, I want to give you extra. Test this out. Test this out. But they're like, yeah, I'll do that. But am I getting paid for this? Yeah. Right, right away right. without going through mm -hmm. it. So there, there's some things mm -hmm. we got to figure out. For sure. Yeah. And it's yeah. ownership, sure. right? We don't yeah. own the company. So right. mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I'm going to yeah. put in what I get paid for versus with Real Talk. I'll work 80 hours in a week. Right. Because yeah. it's, it's something that I can say right. I have right. and yeah, I can sure, pass on. Right. Yep. I can't yeah. pass on a financial firm. Yeah. <laughs> you already built your generational wealth for your family. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of why I wouldn't subscribe to that. Mm. Only because you could get rid of me tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. And let's say I wait with the hopes that and intentions mm-hmm. that you're going to give me something after 10 years. And then you just say, actually, we're moving. We're cleaning up house. And that's what our boomers experience, yeah. our boomer mm-hmm. parents and, and older yeah. generations. But also, too, the pandemic exposed that, too. True. Yeah, right? People, the people were so disposable once that pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So we Ooh. can do a whole All right, yeah, we're going to run this back. So back to the gym of right. the day. Back to the gym. You were talking about ownership. Yes, because yes. I was going to go into the entrepreneurship thing. Okay. So it, it, with the work in the nine to five, that's great. But for a lot of us, we really want to create something and mm-hmm. have full autonomy and mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. And so with Real Talk, that's exactly what we have. No one can tell us the curriculum that we're designing. Mm-hmm. So nobody can hire us and tell us what do. We can respectfully say thank you, but mm-hmm. I'm not taking that project. Right. And y- your ability to be able to walk away from a mm-hmm. check... Oh. Whereas when I was in corporate or if I was in a, a job, it was always about getting the bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to secure the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just like, well, what about my integrity? Yeah. Let me secure that first. Let mm. me get my intellectual property. So this mm-hmm. way I don't have to worry about a bag. I know I can make it no matter yeah. what. Yeah. You can't take that from right. me. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, it, that's that ownership piece, which okay. I love. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, right. And you're a serial entrepreneur. You got several businesses. So I know you know. She does a good job of making me feel valuable. Yeah. I, I love She does the thing. She does the thing. So, um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm going to take a little of a different approach uh, based on the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell everyone, no matter you know where you're from, demographically, whatever, um, do not be afraid to be wrong mm-hmm. and accept the correction and move on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I because it. I think people... The whole, I think, resistance to change mm-hmm. is trying to say, like, oh, well, like, trying to prove that, hey, I'm not, you know, hmm. racist or something like that. You know what I mean? Or I'm not discriminatory. Or I'm not this. I'm mm. not that. Just be honest how you feel. Because even me growing up, you know, in New York City, like, there are some terms that's just you learn in school. Yeah. And then your parents don't correct you because they're like, oh, I don't really know what that is. Or oh, that sounds good to me. So I came to college saying some of those same things. And mm. people had to come to me. And mm-hmm. people who, you know, that say, hey, that's not right. I'm like, why? And then they're like, do your own research. I did it. Yeah. Came back and I said, okay, I understand what mm-hmm. I did was wrong and what I said. And so I could apologize, you know, and be apologetic publicly. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to be apologetic publicly. Mm-hmm. Publicly. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to see that the people who, you know, are feeling the type of way need to see that. Like, yeah. they need to yeah. see that. Not on the side. You know, I, you know, yeah. we used to get a lot of on the side, like, yo, you okay? You okay, my boy? Oh, you okay, sis? But, like, when we in the front, when everybody is, like, scratching their head, like, oh, I ain't mm-hmm. just sipping the tea on the side. So yeah. I think being like, okay, I definitely said that before, raising your hand and being honest because guess what? Nobody's going to attack you. Believe it or not, the people who you are, you know, a little bit discriminatory to are the most forgiving people. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, I've never snapped at anybody for, you know, um, being wrong about, you know, touching my hair or asking me, how do you wash your hair? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I have locks, so everybody doesn't know, so they ask me those questions. I never get mad. I say, listen, I wash it just like how you wash it. Like, nothing <laughs> different. <laughs> nothing different. So then they're like, oh, okay, and then they feel some type of way. But I'm like, it's okay. I, we, so we also, people who are, you know, getting it on their end, got to also have some grace as well. I know it's hard because that last nerve is getting limp, but mm-hmm. you got to, you know what I'm saying, got to stay strong because that's the way change is going to happen. We got to just give grace and then other people that has to be, you know, um, being able to be wrong publicly. I think that's my gem of the day. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. I love giving grace. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. That's grace. your favorite thing? Yeah. See, giving grace. I knew it. You know, give yourself a like with it. some grace. Right. With some Accountability grace. with some grace. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. Here we go. That's yeah. my gem. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I have to share a gym too? No. Now? Oh, I was okay. going to ask. Wait, wait, wait. Where can we find? Look, we, we let our guests <laughs> share the gyms. When we always yes. have to scratch our heads about. Listen, we got to pay for that time. So I'm trying to get all the gyms. I know. That's real. Free game. But where can people find y'all if they want to, you know, maybe use your services, get in touch with you? How do people reach you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So www.teamrealtalk.com is okay. where you can find us online. You can also visit us at 701 Ellicott Street, Buffalo, New York, 14203. Come on. And that is the CBLS Incubator. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Love awesome. It. Oh, you can Instagram Social too. media? Social mm-hmm. media. Team Real Talk Official on um, Instagram. That's really the main platform we use. And LinkedIn, Team Real Talk, Inc. Melchizedek Griffith, Sonia Tereke on uh, LinkedIn as well. I love it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So thank you guys for coming on we today. Yes. Yes. Love having yep. this conversation. Yep. We can literally go on and on and on with you guys sure. all the time. <laughs> so we appreciate your time. <laughs> so we will see y'all next week. All right. Ooh, peace. All right. Happy holidays.